Hi, my name is Maggie and I'm a Junior English and Anthropology double major with minors in Digital Humanities and Film Studies. The ethnography I chose to study this semester for the World Ethnography Project is Making Modern Mothers, Ethics and Family Planning in Urban Greece by Heather Paxson. Paxson has a PhD in Anthropology from Stanford University and a BA from Haverford College. She is currently the program head at MIT's Anthropology Department. According to her biography on her department's website, Paxson's work focuses on, quote, how people craft a sense of themselves as moral beings in their everyday lives, especially activities having to do with family and food. Published in 2004, Paxson's book revolves around femininity and motherhood in contemporary Athens, Greece. Though some time has passed 16 years since the book came out, the test explores some vital considerations of female agency, liberation, and other outcomes of feminism. Through thick description, statistical research, interviews, her own narrative, and inclusivity of Greek voices and language, Paxson writes an ethnography truly multivocal. Through these processes, Paxson demonstrates that Athens is a changing city, influenced by ancient family tradition, religious values, and patriarchal stigmas in modernization due to the globalization of Western ideology. The author tracks and interprets change through evolving abortion regulation, family planning and birth control, biomedicine and fertility technology, capitalism, advertising pregnancy, etc. Paxson aims to answer questions that confront contradictions of culture, such as, why is the abortion rate in Athens and Greece high when marriage and motherhood are seen to elevate a woman's status? More generally, I interpreted her research question as being, what is the modern woman's experience in Athens? Or, how has the traditional female identity shifted and been contested as the Greek society has changed underneath its feet? In answering these questions, Paxson explores topics of kinship, nationalism, racism, territorial expansion, and women's suffrage. In this podcast, I will summarize the five chapters of Paxson's novel relating to perceptions of the multifaceted female Greek population with its many influences, including nature, ethics, family planning, demographics, and biomedical technologies. All these topics are under the umbrella of the modernization of Athens and Greece as a whole. Paxson writes about a woman stuck in the middle of a fight between traditional Eastern values and emerging Western ideas. This is a battle rooted in globalization, the major points being mass media, tourism, laws and regulations, economy, society, religion, gender, and the persisting ancient philosophy and ethics integral to the geographical space. Basically, Greek values, customs, and traditions were being challenged and changed on all fronts. First, I want to touch on the context of Paxson's research, pre-millennium Greece. In the 1980s, women in Greece achieved an ethic of choice relating to their lifestyles and bodies. Though abortion was never illegal, it is still taboo at the time that Paxson writes his book. Paxson provides Greek view of when a fetus becomes a baby. Motherhood in Greece views a child only as a child once the umbilical cord is cut, because in their eyes, that's when it becomes its own living creature. Pro-choice ideology entered the space still in the 1980s with the formation of the Autonomous Women's Movement. This organization sought to fight for abortion rights as well as destigmatization. According to Paxson, modern feminism made its way into Greece in the 1990s, accompanying female independence. Women achieved voting rights only in 1952 after the Greek Civil War of the 1940s, so Greece's feminist agenda was on a different trajectory than here in the U.S. and Western Europe. Paxson begins the book with a prologue relating to her own relationship with Greece, as it was a place she visited many times as a young girl. She disclosed early on, quote, I was not immune to classical romanticism. 
It is made clear in this section of the book that her narrative is important as well as in the feminist and modernist lenses. This is irrelevant and not valid, but I feel similarly about the space Greece. Growing up watching Mamma Mia, having a sexual awakening while seeing the performance of Lay All Your Love on Me in the traveling Broadway version, singing Dancing Queen with my best friends at my graduation party, and planning to study abroad in Thessaloniki next year. It is semi-embarrassing but necessary to address my pull to Greece, to this book, and to this topic, which is partly influenced by my romanticism of the space. Here we go again! Chapter 1, titled Realizing Nature, introduces Paxson's process, questions, and outlines of the entire book. Carried out in 1992, she summarizes her ethnographic and theoretical methods. She highlights that the country of Greece has become more modern, so have the notions of procreation, kinship relationships, especially those that are power-laden, sexuality, and marriage. Paxson is careful not to view Athens and the larger space of Greece as a society catching up, but a society undergoing change due to the n neither concrete, positive, nor negative infiltration of Western ideology. A modern woman in Athens gets to choose, but her choices are difficult and carry the baggage of clashing identities. Intersectionality of nationality, gender, sexuality, and family roles then battle on the grounds of the female body. The second chapter is titled Remaking Mothers from an Ethic Service from an ethic of service to an ethic of choice. Here she elaborates on the philosophical history of Greece and how ethics has found its way into social values and the self-interest of women in particular. In this chapter, Paxson also relates what considerations women in contemporary Athens have regarding whether or not they should enter motherhood. Paxson demonstrates that though motherhood is considered the end-all be-all of womanhood, it is sought only in virtually perfect circumstances. Women use abortion, an operation that is viewed as both deplored and a better option than some other consequence, to protect themselves and their family against inopportune pregnancy and judgments of inappropriate sexual activity. Inopportune pregnancy does not just refer to where the mother is in life, but what chances the child has at being successful. In summary, Paxson says that motherhood is both about bringing a child into the world and bringing a successful child into the world. The third chapter of Paxson's ethnography is called Rationalizing Sex, Family Planning, and an Ethic of Well-Being. Though gains are made, there are also losses, and old oppressive systems often survive. Paxson writes that the practice of abortion and other birth control methods must remain coded, as cultural means to keep women down do not die overnight. Donna, from Mamma Mia, for example, is shamed by others regarding her summer of romance and subsequent pregnancy on multiple levels, being a single mother, being young, being sexually active, etc. Not to mention, the shame continues into adulthood as her daughter invites all three possible fathers to her home. Still, after successfully raising a child on her own and opening her own business, Donna is confronted by what people deem as a past mistake in a stage of irresponsibility. Though she is not actually Greek, we see her in a contemporary Greek setting, making choices not traditionally made by women in her same situation that Paxson tells about in this ethnography. Western ideology maintains its own patriarchal frames of thought. Modernization is not feminism, and Paxson clearly separates the two in the setting of modern Athens. The fourth 
chapter is titled Maternal Citizens, Demographics, Pronatalism, and Population Policy. This chapter focuses on an explanation and interpretation of the demographic problem in Greece, which is technically pronatal country in legislation, meaning what is the cause and the implications of the low fertility rate? Diving into the image of the Greek woman throughout time, Paxson shows the continuity of the ancient idea that, quote, women continue to be called on by states to serve as the symbolic bearers of nations. On the surface, the notion that women reproduce cultural traditions and build nations with their uteruses seems to be an honor. However, Paxson explains how this line of thinking diverges from other more important Greek ideals. She writes, quote, The idea that Greekness begins at conception, however, clearly contrasts with the notion that Greekness must be learned, an idea consistent with a sense that human nature is actively realized through proper self-regulation and social interaction. She seems to point out that community and identity are not formed in vitro, and the modern Greek woman should not have to be concerned with being the glue of society. Greek will survive without women as baby-making machines. The fifth and final chapter is called Technologies of Greek Motherhood. Paxson demonstrates here how motherhood is growing to include more processes of having a child, and women are behind this change as their choices are determining a technological direction in modern Athens. Paxson later writes, quote, What IVF makes explicit in Athens is the contradictory nature of modern Greek femininity. The author never reduces her findings to sweeping generalizations. She constantly answers questions that begs new questions. Paxson does manage to end the chapter and the book on a solid statement about modern mothers. Modern mothers are women in the making and remaking who endeavor to be responsible to themselves, to their loved ones, and to the past, present, and future of their social worlds. Femininity in contemporary Athens is about making choices with countless considerations and not about making choices in a vacuum. The women carry the context of the nation, the religion, the philosophy, the men, the media, the history, the civil war, the economy, etc. And they do so with themselves and not with just making children. Now that I have summarized the book, I will be quoting an excerpt from the last chapter of the novel, The Words of a Woman Paxson Interviews. Coralia is the pseudonym of an unmarried heterosexual woman. She explains to Paxson the exploited, separate, and still flexible connection between womanhood and motherhood. So through the question of motherhood, women share their existence with other beings, whether that their child or their imaginary children or the children they have aborted or the children they have decided not to. It always comes in. That is the personal part. And then, of course, there is the social part, because motherhood nowadays, in my opinion, most of the time, it's a trap. Even if it's very conscious and desired and so on, once you have a baby, it's always there, and it's very hard to resist getting into the social role of the mother, which means washing, feeding, loving, getting it to school, thinking of its future. This I find very hard, and I think that 99% of women get into that trap because there's no other model at the moment. One would have to change the whole model, for example, how children are raised, if they are if the children were raised collectively or by the whole society, but now the children is raised by the mother. And the other people, if there are good people around, they can help a little bit, but it's the mother's sole responsibility. I don't find this right, but this is how it works now.
Corellia. Overall, I enjoyed making Modern Mothers as it demonstrated that each and every issue discussed in cultural anthropology is complex and generalizations are not sufficient to answer questions. Additionally, some questions cannot be fully answered and some answers change due to the dynamic nature of culture and people. In fact, Paxson writes, quote, not only is nature not fixed, but culture is conceptually inconsistent, inherently contradictory. This is because culture is not a rational system, but a power structure in which even moral systems contribute to the maintenance of relational inequalities. Modern women and mothers in Greece are not stagnant. Similar to the culture that they live in, these women were always on the metaphorical move regarding how others see them, how they see themselves, and how these live accordingly. I know that this context of war, change, and feminism will be valuable knowledge to have as I travel to Greece in less than a year, hopefully, crossing fingers, um, and every time I sing the lyrics to Give Me a Man After Midnight, I will consider the implications of Donna's choices, that her sheer amount of agency is not only atypical but contradictory to Greek culture. A far-reaching analysis of the film might even read her as an infiltration of Western ideology into the Greek island, unapologetic and as harmful as it is hurtful. But that's just my film studies minor coming through flex. <laughs> oh gosh, I do not like myself sometimes. Anyway, <laughs> since this ethnographic research was carried out over two decades ago, an update of the modern Athenian woman is needed for the rest of the world. I know things have changed when I, when I will have visited, and I look forward to interacting and attempting to speak my rudimentary Greek to the modern mother and or woman of Thessaloniki. I guess I could say this research is far from wrapped up, and if Donna were an ethnographer, she would write in her journal, dot, dot, dot. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch the movie. Thank you for listening. Now go watch Mamma Mia and think about modern motherhood in urban modern Greece.